Welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple, folks, and in reality, we don't even know if they're our favorites. We're beer agnostic. We do our part to focus on the art and design and the hard work and the dedication and the passion of some amazing people who you may or may never have heard of. But today, we're celebrating episode 101. We're in the century mark and moving forward, and we're having a great time doing it. This week's guest is David Sedgwick. David is the founder of Studio DBD over there in England. And uh, yeah, we came to learn to David through the work that he's doing with Track Brewery, but also Casper at Tool introduced us to him also. So we love, and we'll get into that, we love a good recommendation. It just means a lot. If you are an artist or know an artist or want to be an artist, first of all, just drop us a line. We, you know, there's really no, uh, there's no buffer here. My name's AJ. The website is 16ozcanvas.com. So just put a little at sign there, AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. That's my email address, or shoot us a DM on Instagram, 16OZCanvas. We'd love to hear from you. Some of our best recommendations so far have come from listeners, have come from other artists, or just using the old hashtag, tic-tac-toe, pound sign, 16OZCanvas. We're doing something cool, and we're having a great time doing it. Hopefully you are enjoying it. If this is your first time listening, well, Welcome. You have 100 more episodes to dive back into after you enjoy this wonderful episode with David. It was really nice to get to talk to him. I come to love the international episodes because it's they're a little harder to schedule and the time and you know, get everything synced up. And it just really seems to have a great um, you know, connections, you know, great storytelling, uh, great laughs. And this is a, is a classic example of that. So it's, uh, it was really nice to speak to David. We will not tell you, but you will find out what the DVD stands for. So that's a, that's a teaser right there. But we do get the 16-ounce canvas exclusive on that one. So we're really, uh, really hyped to be able to share that with you. We talk about music. We talk about life. We talk about hard work, how he teamed up with track. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a damn good episode. So uh, you know, stay tuned. We'll get that to you shortly. This past week, had the opportunity to spend some time in Brooklyn, uh, it was. Uh, it's always nice. It's kind of a shit show to get there, but as you may have know or have heard, you know, through some of the previous episodes, the uh, the day job has been kind of uh, out of whack. Company got acquired and going through some weirdness right now. But you know, thank everybody for the the kind words and support. You know, we'll see what happens. It's uh, still a little unknown right now, which is always. Uh, which is always a little unsettling. So um, Monday night, though, I had the opportunity to spend some really uh, you know, quality time with a friend at uh, Torst, which is just an awesome you know, awesome beer bar uh, in New York City, in my opinion, one of the best in the world. It's in Brooklyn. It was really nice because uh, Martin, who does the work for Evil Twin and some other stuff, uh, which, you know, which also includes uh, Torst, was a previous guest on the on the podcast, and one of the great things 
that I really love is just seeing all the artist's works, you know, in 3D. And so to see his, you know, the, his, in my, my opinion, famous, you know, glassware uh, was, just, was just wonderful. I was kind of giddy every time they, you know, poured me a, a new one, you know, to, to see that. Got to spend some time at Other Half. Want to uh, just quick nod to them. You know, I purchased some, you know, some of the beers and a couple bottles. They had these um, Deep Orbit. It's a stout series there, and they had different variants that were incredible. So picked up a couple of those. And when I got home, I realized that one of them, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if the, the, the seal was a little loose or what have you, but it was just about, you know, halfway full. So there's something happened, and I, you know, it, we didn't drop it, we didn't bang it, nothing like that. And so shot him an email because I didn't really know what to do. And uh, we're trying to get, um, one of, you know, one of their artists on for future episodes. Um, you know, didn't know what to do. It was kind of like, hey, this is a weird email, but, you know, I, I did take some pictures because I think that always helps. And Lily was like, in 30 minutes, they, you know, shot me a note back, you know, telling me, asking me for my address, and they apologized, and they would take care of it. So a lot of times you hear some stuff about, you know, breweries or people that are doing shitty things, but it's always nice to, to recognize, you know, folks who are hardworking and putting something uh, unique out there. And so, you know, tip of the cap to the crew over there at Other Half. Also, this week is Tampa Bay Beer Week. And our boy Dom over at uh, Beer Culture, you know, launched his book, and they had a, a big blowout down there with uh, the crew at New Belgium. So I just want to give a little shout out to to Dom for for holding it down and making it happen. You know, bringing the dreams to life. So that's what it's all about: hard work, being committed, changing the story, and uh, we're having a great time meeting all these wonderful people, doing some great stuff. And we thank you for for joining us. Wherever you're listening to us today, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are downloaded, streamed, shared, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, I think iHeartRadio. I think if you ask Google and Alexa to, to play the 16-ounce canvas. Alexa, play the 16-ounce canvas. I don't know if that's going to work, but if it does, I'll get a laugh. Shoot us a note, drop us a line. But let's get into it. Without further ado, episode 101, we keep it 100. Here he is, David Sedgwick, Studio DBD, Track Brewery, and on the 16-ounce canvas. That's all you need. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today Dave Sedgwick, who is the creative force behind the design and branding agency Studio DBD, located in Manchester over there in the UK. So really excited for you to join us today, Dave. I really appreciate you you making the time. No problem. Thanks very much for asking me to take take part. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, you know, I had been following your work and we uh, spoke with Casper uh, from uh, Tool over in Denmark and you know asked of any artist that he really you know was digging on or liked a lot that he would recommend for us and he he spoke very highly of you so it was really nice oh to wow have amazing well that's really good because uh, obviously the kind of work that he does and the 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 beer that they produce are, are both excellent so that's really really nice to hear somebody kind of um yeah, bigging up my work. It's always quite nice to know that kind of stuff. So thank you. Thank you, oh. Casper, if you're listening as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, yeah, no, that's the best part because I really feel there is a, is a community of artists who support each other and have different, you know, design styles and, you know, yeah. 
methods. And so, yeah, that was, those are always my favorite when they, I mean, it, it makes my life a lot easier. I'm not gonna lie. I think there's def there's connections with the, with the brewing industry as well, because, um, you know, when I started, started working in, in the brewing industry, I was quite intrigued by how closely connected the, you know, the breweries are with each other, certainly in Manchester anyway, there, there's no, there's no real sort of rivalry. There's a lot of support for each other. You know, if one of them needs some of equipment or some ingredients and the other one doesn't have it then they're quite happy to share that which i think yeah. is really refreshing uh, yeah so yeah it's quite interesting right because right, if you look at other other consumer you know products right like you would never like coke would never help out pepsi right or you know what i mean like something <laughs> like that or like oh you know we yeah we worked on yeah. this so it's like i need to take all their market share screw those guys and so yeah i That's do it. the collaborations are great and so i think there's a there's a level of camaraderie which is uh it's you don't see that in many other industries so yeah it's, no it's, it's, it's i think because great. i think they know how much hard work the um, the guys put in in the brewing industry i mean in, in a lot of industries obviously we all put hard work in but i think the brewers um it's a lot of uh, hard work for not often not the not the most reward and i think um yeah, there's definitely a sort of respect for each other there that uh, perhaps we could all all learn from a little bit. So it's definitely something that intrigued me when I started working working in, in uh, for Track was you know how they connected with other breweries locally and internationally. I thought it was you know it's really impressive. Yeah, so, I, I agree. So um, before we get into the beer stuff though, let's let's talk a little <laughs> bit about you know about you and you know Studio DBD. This is kind of yeah. your, your big moment to. To kind of tell uh, your story, you know, what's the, uh, okay. you know, what's the, you know, how did you get into, you know, design and creativity? Like, was this something you've always been doing? You know, kind of, you know, take us back down memory lane a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I, I probably like most people, I, I've always, you know, from an early age, I kind of, I really enjoyed drawing. Um, I just used to draw all the time, just kind of constantly on anything that I could find. And uh, even in all the lessons at school and at college, um, I would just draw constantly while the teacher was talking. I, I think I used to get kind of told off quite a lot for it, but effectively, I think in some ways it was my my way of um, helping to concentrate a little bit and kind of uh, just kind of keep my mind focused. So I'd be sort of listening, but at the same time, I'd be kind of doodling and sketching and drawing. Um, and I just remember that that's kind of my earliest memory of being creative, really, was just drawing all the time. So... When I went to college after I finished my in England, we do GCSEs at, at school, um, and that's kind of like standard lessons like English and maths and things like that. I wasn't particularly very good at the, the sort of maths and the science subjects. I was much better at the more creative subjects. And uh, when we went to college to study kind of art and design and, and graphic design, I realised that there was a potential career path in it. Um, so before that I was just drawing for the sake of drawing, but then I realized that you could actually make a living from sort of being creative and, and, and kind of coming up with ideas and things like that. So, you know, through college, I kind of, yeah, I did okay. And then I went to university here in Manchester. So, um, I'm not from Manchester. I'm from a small town, kind of about an hour away from here up in the Northwest called Preston. And, um, I really liked the idea of coming to Manchester. It felt like like leaving home, I wasn't having to stay at home. I could live away from home, but I wasn't too far away <laughs> that I could just knit back if I needed to at the weekends and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I studied here in Manchester for three years and yeah, I kind of made it at home really. I, I, I was fortunate when I graduated to to get a job in the design industry, 
which I did in 2001. I started working for an agency and I sort of worked my way up through various design agencies. Um, I'd had about four or five jobs. Uh, and then in 2011, I set up Studio DVD, which is kind of, I mean, like a lot of designers, I was doing a lot of freelance work in the evenings, a lot of kind of self-initiated projects, a lot of projects for uh, for clients directly. And so it, it just felt like the natural kind of progression, really, to stop working for other people, um, like having a boss and basically becoming my own boss. So, yeah, in 2011, as I say, I, I got myself a small studio in the city centre and I started to try and really push working for my own clients directly. And I'm not sure if I can ever go back and work for somebody else again now because, you know, it's been kind of like eight years of working for myself. So hopefully it continues <laughs> and I don't need to go back to working for anybody because uh, I quite like I quite like being my own, <laughs> my own boss, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think that's... Uh... That's like the that's the dream scenario. I mean, it's hard, you know, to be your own boss. I, I definitely, but yeah, I think that you have these other jobs and these processes that build to that point where you're kind of make that leap. You I mean, do you remember that day when you decided, like, okay, here it is, like I'm just going to go for it? Or what, well, it? It, it was kind of a gradual thing. I mean, I was, as I say, I was always working in the evenings and at weekends on projects for uh, for other clients. So I found myself like burning the candle at both ends really i was working you know in in the daytime for an agency and then i'd get home have some food and i'd start working for on, on my own projects um i guess really you know i just realized that like um there just wasn't enough hours in the day and the agency that i was at at the time we're going through quite a lot of kind of changes internal changes and management changes and it just I was getting married and we wanted a really long honeymoon mm. and I could only really have had like two weeks and we wanted like a month in South America. So uh, it just felt like the perfect time to to leave that agency and to get married, have the really long honeymoon and then basically um, sort of start afresh when I came back and just start working properly for myself. Uh, so in, in, in the short, in, in, in the interim, I was sort of freelancing a little bit as well. So by that, I mean kind of going in agencies and working as a, yeah, as a hired hand, uh, helping out on projects on short term basis. Uh, so that was kind of, you know, I was doing a bit of that probably two, three days a week. And then the other time was kind of working on my own projects. So for the first year or so, that's how I did it, really. I kind of worked kind of um, a bit of both. But gradually, my own projects got more and more bigger, and, and the demands were, were were more and more, you know, necessary uh, to the point where I, I just didn't need to freelance for anybody anymore, and, and and I could purely focus on on my own stuff. So, so yeah, I don't know if there was ever actually a yeah a point where I said like, right, that's it, I'm going in tomorrow, and that's what I'm going to do. It just I don't know. It sort of felt natural, really. A lot of lot of kind of events happened that's, um, around about the same time, and 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 it, and it just felt kind of natural to to, to sort of start, start upon my own, really. Well, bravo to you, mate. I mean, I think it's I think it's great. Like I can I, I can well, I can visualize it. Like if you look at I mean, I as a designer, you probably hate uh, bar charts, but if you look at the left side, it was probably your agency time, and eventually the right bar became more, you know, and just kind of faded out. So. It just makes uh, yeah, it just makes sense, but yeah, it's uh, it's really something to be celebrated. You know, your own your own business, 
And uh, we, now, did you always work under that moniker? Of, did you always work under the moniker of Studio DVD, even when you were freelancing? Uh, nobody's ever asked me uh, really properly where the Studio D, where the, the, the letters come from. So uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll let you know now where they came from. Because right. so, ba- <laughs> so basically, when I when I was at university, like our tutors would say, you know, if you were going to set up your own business or a website or whatever, you need to kind of have a name uh, that sort of sums up what what you what you are what you do so this was back in the 90s before brands like really became really creative with the names so um i was just kind of like you know i knew obviously my name was dave i quite like the <laughs> i quite like the name dave i thought it had quite good connotations everyone everybody knows a dave it's kind of dependable and that kind of thing so i kind of just wanted to call it dave um but yeah my tutors were like like, you know, well, what does Dave mean? It doesn't mean anything. You know, you're a designer. Why don't you sort of put that into it? So it kind of came up with Design by Dave. And so ah. for a long time, that, that's what it was. It was kind of designbydave.co.uk. That was my website. And I just kind of got known as Design by Dave. Um, but it, it always felt, I mean, it was fine in the short, you know, at the start, but I always felt a little bit like it was um it's a little bit kind of like a bedroom guy in his bedroom, sort of, you know, doing some design work on a laptop. And I suppose as I got more and more experienced and I was working with more and more clients and I had my had the studio in Manchester and, um, you know, where I actually went to work, I wasn't working in my in my bedroom. So I felt like I needed to change it slightly. And I, I literally just couldn't really think of anything other than the, the abbreviation of the, the DBD. And I just put put studio at the front of it. So so yeah, for years it was designed by Dave, and then I just shortened it to Studio DVD. I wish it was much more creative than that, um, but it is that is the <laughs> that's the honest truth. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I, that's a great story, and I think that yeah, the, yeah. I mean, even just the simple Dave, right? I like I like that. I, I like that too. Like I'm a I'm a I like simple. So studio yeah. designed by Dave, yeah. There we go. Uh, I really like the, the exclusive. Idea. There it is. Yeah, there's an exclusive. Yeah. Well, I always liked the idea of Dave, but then also at the same time, there was a comedy channel launched in the UK called Dave, which is kind of plays a lot of old sort of um, retro vintage comedy shows, and it's still going, I think, now. So it just sort of came out in the late nineties, the turn of the millennium, just when I was kind of doing all this. So. Um, so yeah, they kind of got got ahead head with just the Dave. Uh, so yeah, the design by was kind of put in front of it just to just to clarify what I was. Um, but there you go. Yeah, that is an exclusive for you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, folks at home, if you want to follow along, uh, Studio DVD on Instagram, you can see a lot of the the, the portfolio there, and you can also go to uh, studiodvd.com. It's a uh, it's got huge, you know, beautiful, vivid images of the you know, of the work, uh, which is really great to see. And then, if you want to, you know, buy some of uh, some of his pieces, uh, studiodvd.bigcartel.com, and we'll get into that later. The uh, the creative, Prince. the creatives, yeah, the prints of creatives can be dicks, and uh, you know, fuck email. I mean, those are pretty, yeah, those are pretty, pretty, so- <laughs> pretty solid mantras right there, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, with regards to Instagram and Twitter, just as a, as a slight side note, um, 
Yeah, just it's really funny because I see so many people who say, oh, I added you on Instagram or I tagged you on a post or and then I look and they've, they've always got the letters in the wrong order or they've missed a D or they've put DDD or BDB or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I wish I'd just got Dave when Instagram first started at Dave would have made life a hell of a lot easier. Um, there's, there's a studio BD, I think it's like an architect's firm in Korea probably getting quite a lot of followers right now because because the order of the letters not yeah. that i'm desperate you know not that this is a big cry out for followers or anything like that but it's if it's you know you never know who, who may be listening so yeah make sure you put d and then b and then d yeah it does kind of have that like uh you know like yeah because we look at it it's kind of hard to initially make it out which you know Definitely. which it is but if uh but yeah, I mean, I think that we're hoping to get some of your followers. You have like thirteen thousand, so you're you're, yeah, you're, you're, doing, you're doing quite well. You paid for them. <laughs> no, I haven't. I promise, I haven't. I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, I wouldn't even know to do. Like, I know that's a thing, probably. Like, I get all these weird Russian messages. Like, that makes me kind of feel like I'm getting somewhere. It's like, hey, it's like this weird account that was made like seconds ago, and it's just yeah, yeah. like hey, we can get you ten thousand followers. Just I'm yeah, like, mm. I just I don't understand it. I mean, I I was quite an early adopter of Instagram, um, just because I, I never got Facebook. I never really got on Facebook. It just well, I just didn't. Um, and then I was quite late with Twitter as well. I kind of few friends were on it, and I started to see the potential in Twitter. So I got on Twitter quite late. But then Instagram came along just at the right time. I think it just I just started working for myself and I saw the potential of being able to showcase work and projects that you were working on kind of instantly to people. Um, I mean, we all cringe if we look back on our Instagram posts or our first Instagram posts because they're, they're really poor. But, um, but I, I, I got on, on it quite early. And so I think it's purely just the fact that I've been on it for so long that I've kind of managed to, to gain quite a lot of followers um but it's still like amazing amazing i mean also as just going off off tangent a little bit here but it's really instagram's changed over the last few years as well because obviously originally it was purely just in order of kind of images that um that people posted just came up in in, in order that you posted them whereas now it's obviously all about algorithms and likes and who's popular and who's not popular and so i think because when they changed it, I already had quite a few thousand followers. It seems to be that I'm, yeah, doing all right via Instagram. Not that it means anything at all, really, how many followers you've got. But um, but it's nice. It's nice to kind of get likes, isn't it, for things. I think, you know, it's um, kind of appreciation for stuff we do sometimes. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's an honest way to put it because I, I was – Maybe it's maybe it's uh you're part of the world. You're so you're so direct and honest over there. But yeah, it was I think we were talking with Nick Dwyer from Beavertown. He was like, you know, I can't. He basically was just like, I I can't lie. You know, when I get all these likes, it just, it, it really helps. And he's like, I realize I need to disconnect a little bit, but it's something that you know, it's just a part of who we are sometimes. So I think it's just we don't want to realize that. But I think you know, there's those days where you're like, oh wow, why did this one get way more attention God, or yeah. likes than that one? And it's like, okay, yeah. so. Then you maybe think about it, but it also I think in a way, if folks listen, I think if you treat it like a business, like I have my personal account, and that's just pics of like my family and my kids, and it's more yeah. of like a diary for me. But you know, in this, I'm trying to think, okay, what's the best photo? What's gonna on that stream stick out the most? You know, what yeah. things can we consistently do? We try to, 
have the artist on Tuesdays and on Fridays when the episode goes live and Monday we recommend an out. Like we're trying to, if you have consistency, then people, if you treat it like a business, you know, it's a, it's a good way to do it. Definitely. And I, I definitely probably six months ago, maybe, maybe longer, about a year ago, it was becoming an obsession of, of, of needing and wanting to post content because I felt like if I wasn't doing, then I was kind of, you know, I was I was losing out, or I was missing out, or I was not I was not fulfilling some sense of uh, need to the followers and to Instagram and to you know social media, um, and it just it was ridiculous. I, I was kind of forcing projects onto Instagram before I'd finished them and before I'd got you know uh, spoken to clients things like that because I felt like I needed to uh, showcase the work. Um, and also I get excited, you know, if I'm working on a project, I think there's no, there's no better buzz than that time when you're working on it or the time you just first finish a project, you want to share it. You want to show it off. You want to get likes. Of course you do. Um, but I realized, like I say more recently that, you know, if I don't post something for a week or two weeks or three weeks, nobody is that bothered. Nobody really cares. Nobody notices. The only person that notices really is me. Um, you know, how often do we sort of scroll through Instagram and we follow, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and we don't think, oh, I haven't seen them post for a while. They must have gone, their business must have failed or they must be, you know, have no work. We just don't notice it um, until they do post something. So I've definitely got better at not being as controlled by social media. I think I think we need to control social media, not the other way around. That's, that's kind of how I'm trying to live my life now. Like I say, not always easy. Um, I'll probably come off this interview and post a load of stuff on Instagram just to, <laughs> just to, you know, just to, just to sort of be very, really hypocritical. But I definitely feel less like it's controlling me now. I think once I made that decision, yeah. um, but it, but it's equally it's um, it's a really important part of the design industry and the creative industry. And I I get you know a fair amount of projects from Instagram. You know, I've had quite a lot of. Uh, inquiries and, and requests and, and messages and, and even just new projects have come directly from it. So, I mean, you know, my website is pretty plain. It's just a carousel of images, but like Instagram has everything there in, in one sort of scroll. You can just scroll up and down. And um, I think that, you know, people like that these days and they can get an idea of what you're doing and who you are quite quickly. And yeah, I've definitely had a lot of contact from it. So it's been good. Yeah, and what's really nice to see with is that your kind of uh, your your diversity of your style, your portfolio is pretty, you know, pretty vast in the things that you're doing. You know, you're it's it's not kind of a one one size up fits all uh, for your clients. You know, different topographies and you know uh, die cuts and just you know the geometry, you know, the shapes and mixed yeah. medi- mixed mediums you're using. You, know, you use a lot of photos with you know text over overlays, and so it's really nice to to see the the diversity of your, you know, and strength of your portfolio, especially oh, you. yeah, Instagram. It's Instagram really helps with that. You know, I think, I think it's a nice way to see that all, all, all in one place. Yeah. People, I, I get asked quite a lot about styles of design and, and certainly by a lot of students and uh, universities, they sort of ask if I've got a style and you know, like I feel like I probably have got a style, but it's not a conscious style. Um, each project that I do, I try and treat completely, uh, uniquely so if i feel like um i need to use photography or art or i don't know uh, any kind of new technique or something in that project because it's right for that project then i will do but 
if um if not then i probably have some kind of go-to styles you know bold clean type certain color combinations lots of shape and lots of kind of interest but but fundamentally like i try and create work that um is right for the client and and the brief and and if that means going off piste with regards to a style then i'm not i'm not set to that you know i'm not i'm not a designer that only works in a certain way and refuses to change that i think you know my job is to answer the brief of a client and if that client uh, needs a certain style of graphic design and, and if i can't do it then i'll bring in the right person and i'll collaborate with that person because at the end of the day it's about uh, producing work for a client that then talks to their uh the people that buy their product or the people they want to sell to or the people they want to uh, get to to know about them um my job is just to facilitate that really it's not about me creating work for dave sedgwick or for studio dbd it's about creating work for a client directly i think maybe you know sometimes we just need to remember that as designers as well that you know we are we're fulfilling a job for somebody who's got a product that they want to sell. That is effectively what we do. Uh, and we, we enjoy doing it. We have some fun with it, but we, we, um, we have to answer a brief. There has to be a clear brief and that brief has to direct the design as much as possible. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think that's a, it's important, an important lesson. back it's that simple folks two guys get together we talk some beer life hard work now you know what studio dbd stands for we bring that exclusive here that's the type of show we have we just ask those tough questions that just rile up the guests but you're listening to david sedgwick track brewery studio dbd right here on the 16 ounce canvas episode number 101 yeah, right? 101 is crazy. But we're having a great time. We hope you are too. This is the middle of season nine. I'm not sure. Pretty soon, I think we're going to announce season 10. We've, we've got a lot of great guests lined up for that, and we're just going to keep things moving along. We are looking into a few events that we'll hopefully be doing around the country. So stay tuned for that. The Art of Craft Beer, we're going to try to take that on the road, just like we did last summer in New Haven. Let's see, where else are we going to be? We're going to be at the end of the month, we're going to be at the AC uh, Beer Fest. Shout out to moms for, for those tickets in a couple weeks. Um, for the shit show that is St. Patrick's Day, where we'll be at, or in, excuse me, Portland, Maine, which is one of my favorite places on earth. Vacation land, so get, doing a little uh, dude's uh, overnight trip for that. That should be a lot of fun. And then we're uh, officially going to London in April, so we're looking forward to our first trip over there. I have no idea what to expect. We did a little Airbnb, got ourselves a little flat. It's actually quite big, so quite excited about that. The old man's coming with us, and it should be a lot of fun. So if you are listening and you're in the London area, I'm definitely a little uh, green. But we got some good recommendations. We're going to be do some tourist things. Obviously, they're all not in London proper, but going to try to go out to Stonehenge. So I might have to get a car, drive to the other side of the road. Hijinks will ensue. I'm going to go to Abbey Road, do the old uh, famous walk across. Huge Beatles fan. And then uh, maybe we'll uh, go around in circles a la you know, European vacation and 
Your little kid is Big Ben. Oh, look, Parliament. Yeah, who knows? We will be classic tourists, and obviously we're hoping to have as much delicious beer over there from all of our friends we've had the opportunity to meet throughout the uh, throughout the years. Whew. But I, I dig this episode, man. I just like uh, I like David's vibe. I like how he you know, talks about things, his perspective, you know, his humility, which was instilled in him by his father, and uh, he just uh, he just seems like a good dude, and he's old like me, so I always I always appreciate that too. So. It's a good one. Studio DBD on the IG, which is Instagram. That's how all the kids say it. And studiodbd.com. And you can also go to Track Brewery Co. and trackbrewery.co on the World Wide Web. So check that out. We're a 16 ounce canvas. I'm AJ. And we're just going to keep moving these things right along. That's really how we're going to how we're going to do it. We appreciate all the feedback. We've gotten some great emails recently. So we thank you for those. If we have yet to reply to you, I promise you we will. Likes, retweets, whatever it is you do, we appreciate it. You know, we're uh, we're just trying to put out there something creative, and we're having a great time doing it. And if you haven't had a chance to, please take a moment, head on over to iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcast on, and leave us a review. Click on some stars, and you know, maybe draw a little, you know, little stick figure or something like that. But let's get right back into it. I think that's the best. That's, a, that's the best advice I would have. Just you know, keep the party going. So without further ado. Here is the one and only part two. Not part one. This is part two of episode 101. Cien y uno. Siente uno. Boom. There we go, folks. Knowledge equals dropped. Um, from a, a process standpoint, uh, what? how are you kind of bringing your, your designs and your you know, creatives to life? Are you... Uh, a digital guide, you sketch things and bring it online. You know, what's kind of like your, your process like? Yeah, I still sketch a lot. I draw a lot. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a very good drawer, but I have a, you know, a way of, of making marks and, and creating stuff that is, uh, gets across an idea either to myself or if I'm working with somebody on a project, uh, so that they know what I'm thinking. Um, I do a lot of research, uh, in books and magazines. Um, I go to, the library, I get a lot of visual reference from the world around me. Travel, like a lot of people, you know, like to like to take lots of days out, lots of adventures at the weekend with my with my family. Um, and I gain a lot of inspiration from that. But I use a Mac, Apple Mac, like most designers. Um, I use Adobe uh, Creative Cloud software. Illustrator is my, my sort of favorite, but I, you know, I use a bit of Photoshop and InDesign as well, uh, obviously to, to finish the projects. Uh, I still really like hands-on design and print. I'm still um, really passionate about print and production and the sort of tactile, uh, hands-on feel of graphic design. So as much as I'm, uh, I'm still wowed by digital in terms of I love really nice websites, I really like animation, I really like kind of making things move and, and sound, I probably, my, my love and my passion is still in print really and... Um, and, and paper and stock and different techniques. And I think that's, uh, to some extent, is a little bit of a dying art. Um, I'm clinging on to it because I also feel like technically I'm, I'm not the best graphic designer. Like I'm not, I, I'm not the best graphic designer anyway, but I'm certainly not the best technical graphic designer. I mean, there are people who are like absolute whizzes on the computer. They know the programs inside out. And, and I don't, I just, um, I know what I need to know to, to get, my ideas across 
And if I don't know it, then I get somebody else who, who does know it to, to help me get my ideas across. Um, because essentially, again, the computer is just a tool. It's just um, a device to portray the idea and concept that we want to get across. So it could be a computer, it could be a pen, it could be a typewriter, it could be a scalpel blade, it could be a video camera. It, it, it's just a tool to, um, to get ideas across, basically. You're humble, man. You're full of shit. Yeah, look, go to Studio DVD, folks, and you'll see. Like Dave, Dave knows his shit. So I mean, I I, I love it. I mean, I, I would definitely. I mean, if you're a bad graphic designer, I would like to see what a good one looks like. You're yeah, you're fucking doing. You're doing some. You're doing God's work over there, man. You're doing some well, great I, stuff. I, I don't know, but I appreciate that. It's really nice to hear. I'm I don't know about God's work. That's maybe a stretch. I mean, I don't know. Religion, <laughs> I, don't know I don't know if religion has to do with any of this, but you know, you're. Your your work is very you know if has you can see the textures you can see it almost even though it's a flat file you almost feel like it has a, a feeling to it like it's you know it really uh, yeah it's very sensory I mean I'm I like it and I like I said before I like the the vastness of your portfolio because to your earlier point this is the, your end products are bringing to life a you know a feeling or emotions or an idea for a brand it's in yeah. and and to have that vastness across that you want one piece is very kind of you know modern or you know very interpretive and then one's very clean simple lines you know it's yeah. it, it, it that's just shows that, that that you're a good listener you know and you're able to you know um yeah bring it to, bring it to life and yeah. Uh, so, 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 yeah. I, I, I applaud your humbleness, but you're full but of shit. You're full of shit. Yeah, yeah. On the humbleness thing for a second, though. Basically, when I was about twelve, thirteen years old, my my dad had me working in the fields in uh, cutting lettuce and cutting celery and cut and pick pulling onions out the ground. And my dad was came from that sort of not strict or well, yeah, strict. Basically, I mean, he he wanted me working. Um, from a young age, he didn't want me sitting around the house, kind of watching TV and 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 getting lazy. So he had me out working when I was in school holidays and, and weekends and stuff to earn my own money to get my own independence. Um, I think I was probably a little bit too young with hindsight, but <laughs> what it did instill in me was a sense of hard work and a sense of um, sort of being being grateful for what you've got. And even now, so I'm I'm 40 this year. Um, and so, you know, it's sort of kind of 20, 20 odd years ago, 25, 30 years ago. Um, I, I sort of still never rest on my laurels at all. I never sort of think, oh, you know, I can just relax now and, um, and that's it. You know, I, I always think I, I don't want to ever go back to working in, in that environment and a, a big respect for those people that do that kind of manual labor, that really hard sort of slog working in the fields and stuff but i i just don't want to ever do that again so as a designer i'm just i'm like really conscious of my uh my standpoint in the industry and 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 yet honestly there are so many really good designers out there doing some really really good work and the day that i start sort of sitting back and thinking that i've made it or that i'm better than i am or anything like that then, then I, I may as well just give up because um i think it's that drive to continue to try and do better work that that gets you um that makes you do the best work and gets you good clients so hopefully that's how it continues 
so yeah being a bit humble is good i think it's important yeah. it's uh, you know it grounds me um it kind of gives me a sense of yeah that I, I need to keep trying keep trying to produce work um, and yeah you know please don't get me wrong I, I sometimes do stuff and i think oh it's really nice it's really good but um, I'm always thinking about the next project as well. I'm always thinking, oh, how can I make that better? And what would I do next time to make it better? Um, so that's how I work. And, and that's kind of, that seems to work for me at the moment. So maybe when I'm, maybe I need a break, you know, when I <laughs> and sit back and look and realize how much stuff I've created and how, many, how much design I've done over the years. Uh, but right now I'm, I'm just going along for the ride. And, and as long as it continues, basically, as long as I can continue, keep going on home for the ride then i'm i'm happy well yeah and uh, i think that's i think that's uh it resonates you know just just in how you talk and how you your perspective on things and yeah i think especially as you're a parent you see what your parents did and how they got you there and how you think of things differently yeah. and what value you know obviously you're always trying to you know you do things different but you take away those key values that you you know you learned and now you're going to try you know through your hard work you know you're instilling in your child, you know, by example, you know, that, hey, you know, dad, dad took a path that wasn't the easy path to start, started yep. his own business and that brings him fulfillment and that's what puts food on the table. So it's a, it's a beautiful yep. kind of circle of life. Well, she's three years old. So I'd say in a couple of years, I'll have her work in the fields. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the fields are working behind the computer with me. She needs yeah. to, you know. Yeah, right. Just to start earning some money. <laughs> yeah. A little data entry or something. Yeah. Get her. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, earn her keep. Yeah. Exactly, tidy, tidy in my desk and, and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. excellent. Now, one of your clients that I really enjoy, and it's how we found you, is, you know, is, tra uh, is track. And what I really yeah. love is, like I was saying before, the different die cuts and the shapes that you use. It's it's they're really unique. You know, just the layouts, you know, of the of the labels, and you know, even yeah. just kind of the other promotional work. How did you, you know, how did you kind of team up with them? How did they become one of your your, your clients? Yeah, so I, I, I was working um, for a client in Manchester, uh, a good friend of mine, a guy called Jamie Scarhill, and he was running a, a sort of bar, come gallery, come cafe called 2022. And I think 2022 uh, in Manchester, we're doing some really cool things. We're getting well known in the city. Um, you know, it, it was just... So back in the day, you know, there was there was lots of bars, there was lots of pubs, there was lots of nightclubs, and there was lots of cafes, but there was not really any many spaces doing everything. And 2022 did everything really. So in the daytime, it was like an art gallery, and then in the evening, it was a nightclub. And yeah, they were doing some really cool stuff. And Jamie was at the heart of that, and subsequently, kind of, I was doing a lot of design work for them. And I think just through that um, track, kind of heard about 2022, and they wanted to be part of that. And Sam, who set up track, his sister was working in um, kind of in a marketing role for a, a city centre client. She kind of knew in 2022. So I think she was kind of helping him out, really, kind of get his business venture off the ground. And um, Sam's a good guy. Sam's kind of all about the beer. He's all about uh, brewing really good beer. And he'd be the first to sort of admit that his kind of marketing or design head wasn't perhaps always you know, the most important thing for him, it was more about making really good beer. And so sort of via the help of his sister, she contacted 2022, 2022 contacted me, and we sat down and just had a really good chat about the possibility of, of doing something together. Um, I really liked Sam, I liked his story. He sort of um, 
he'd been working down in London in kind of the finance capital banking sector. I don't quite know exactly what, but, you know, something really important down in London. And I think he kind of had enough of it, really. He just didn't never really felt 100% comfortable in that um, in that scenario. So he took his bike and he traveled um, across the States, around, around parts of America, uh, and trying different beers and really immersing himself in kind of beer, really. It's something that he'd always loved. So when he came back to the UK, he started working for... Um, a few of the breweries down in London helping out. Uh, as I say, going back to what we talked about at the start of the chat, really, you know, this kind of like supporting each other, this community thing. He was kind of working for a few of the guys down there. And up here in Manchester, there just didn't seem to be the same um, craft beer uh, local microbrewery scene that there, there was in London. There was one or two, um, but it was certainly nowhere near as big as it was down in London. So Sam's from the north of England, the northwest, and he returned home. And I think he decided to to settle track really with his experience of, of of traveling through America and his experience of 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 doing a lot of brewing work down in London. Um, and he yeah he approached me and he had the name, but that was pretty much about it really. He had no real uh, main vision for the look and feel of of track. From the labels to the logo, he didn't really know. He just had this kind of concept of um, of where his story had come from. But like, I guess, like myself, Sam's quite humble. He didn't really want to focus too much on on the story. He just wanted to make really good beer and and, and kind of you know do it that way. Um, so yeah, he we sat down and we we, we went to London um, for a day on the train. And we we got pissed in London. We went around a few breweries. We had a good good day out. And we really got on with each other. And then when I came back to England, uh, back to England, back to Manchester, I started doing some design work. And I just felt like uh, the logo needed this kind of heraldic shield feel. Uh, and it, I was trying to think about like the front of bikes, you know, the kind of badges on bikes uh, back in the sort of 80s and 90s. It was like lots of kind of like metal um, enamel badges on the front of bikes, like that were really memorable to me, like rally bikes and things like that. And I felt like it needed to have some some feel of that going on. Um, and the initial labels, the original track labels, which I still really like, we um, I kind of got hold of like the ordnance survey, the old maps of the different places that the beers were named after. Because uh, Sam named all his beers after places he'd, he'd been to in America when he was on his bike. So we got hold of some kind of maps and, and things like that. And we created the original labels using the kind of graphics and shapes from those maps. So, um, you know, if there was kind of lots of kind of hills, we used a lot of kind of um, of that kind of graphics and vice, you know, things like that. So it's the design and branding for track really just came from the story of Sam traveling around America without sort of any overly obvious um connotations we didn't want to use photography of him on a bike we didn't want any bike tires or wheels or anything we just needed to kind of allude to it in some way and initially sam was just going to do i think it was six beers that's all he was going to do so we spent hours creating these kind of labels and, and days and weeks just crafting these labels because it was only going to be six um and if i'd known at that point that he was going to do however many he's done now which is probably in, way into the hundreds <laughs> I probably would have um, 
yeah, I would have I would have laughed because we just never knew we were gonna he was gonna he was gonna produce so many beers um, and do so well. Really, he's just um, his beers are great. The brewery setup is great, and yeah, the branding is 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 um, is okay. <laughs> it's okay, I guess. <laughs> it's all right. It's part of the story. Um, and the guys let me let me do pretty much what I want with 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 the stuff. Now we've got a really good relationship where, um, to some extent, they allow me kind of free reign on the look and feel of the labels. So yeah, going back a few years ago, when 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 Sam in Sam started chatting to me, you know, I, I just loved the idea of doing stuff for a craft, a craft brewery. It just, it felt right. It felt really real. And it felt, I really liked his story. And um, yeah, I've done some really nice work and it's, I met some, a lot of people through it and got to chat to you. So yeah, thank you to the guys at Track, really. Yeah. And what's, uh, yeah, and that, that logo is, it's unique, but it's surprisingly versatile. So, I mean, that's, that's also been really, interesting to see that i mean like i said it's uniquely shaped and yeah it, that badge but you know it, it works and it works in various colors and styles and you know you know trickery that you use with it so it's it's yeah it's surprising because sometimes you see stuff like that and it's on first jump you would say, like think that it might be hard to to work with such a uniquely shaped uh you know Symbol. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like kind of like a beetle a little bit. Like it has like a bug. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was what it sort of all comes out from the letter T. So the shield itself kind of emanates from the letter T. It's got a T in the center. Um, and, and one of the reasons why we did that was because uh, initially Sam wasn't doing many bottle beers. He wasn't doing any cans. Um, people were hardly doing cans then. I mean, cans has become a, a much more popular um way of selling beer here in the UK over the last kind of couple of years, really. But before that, you know, it was off, it was a lot about cask um, and kind of pump clips, really, and creating pump clips. And everybody was doing it in circles or in ovals or, or certain types of shapes. And, and we, we sort of felt like it was an opportunity to own a shape that we could create the pump clips in that type of shape. So we got them all laser cut in the shape of the shield. And, and that gave track instant standout on the bar so they were able to really um even if you didn't read what was on the clip or or, the, or even look at the design just the shape the silhouette of the shape was enough to get people to know it was a trap beer and so it, it definitely worked worked for those guys in the early days um subsequently then they started doing more bottles and more and then they're now doing cans so it's losing a little bit of its original kind of um I guess it's original reasoning and it's original concept, but it was definitely um, helpful in the, sh in, in, in the beginning to have a, a bespoke shape like that for them. Uh, yeah, that, that makes complete sense. And it does, it stands, you know, it stands on its own. Now, given the fact that there's so many more beers coming out now than, you know, planned, what's the typical life cycle? Okay. We have a new beer, Dave, this is, you know, we need, we need a label for it. What's that? What is that process like? You know, you said you have a lot of free reign. What, what, yeah. kind, of, what kind of what kind of information are they giving you that 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 or that you ask for that helps you kind of come up with the ideas? So some of the bottles that we do uh, are, are are quite conceptual, uh, and I like to have quite a bit of time on them, um, and they have a little bit more money to spend. Um, so, for example, the collaboration that the guys did with Two Old, um, I just wanted to do something really different for that, and it was it was it was interesting because 
I kept seeing on their social media feeds that they were traveling to all these cool places in Europe to make these beers. And it just felt like that seemed to be part of the brewing industry again. This So getting on a plane or going on a ferry and going to the brewery and kind of helping each other make a beer and going out for dinner in the evening and having a few drinks. I really like that sort of camaraderie feel. So when they said they were doing the thing with Too Old, I just felt like it was ideal to um, to create a label that kind of graphically uh, was a nod to the travel between Track in Manchester and the Too Old Brewery. Um, and, and I kind of went on the internet, typed in the um, the directions on Google Maps and, and all these kind of turn left, turn right, straight ahead, you know, all these different directions were sort of, you know, for the journey, which was going to take like a day to drive. So that that became the, the design for the label, basically, all the arrows. And it's basically, you know, the, the label is a uh, navigation between the two breweries. Um, and then Kate got to come up with the name Destination on your left, because that is the, the final information for, you know, to, to where the brewery is. So, you know, a label like that I can have a lot of fun with. There was um, uh, another label that the guys did, uh, and, and I was kind of wanting to do something really nice with that. And go back to my daughter working, um, she was she was helping me out. Well, she, she was pestering me one day, sat on my knee, and she was asking me what I was doing, and I said I was designing, and she started drawing all these, like, scribbles and these marks. She was kind of, like, two years old, and she was just learning how to hold the pen, uh, hold the pencil, and she was making these quite interesting symbols and i just kind of glanced at them and i had no ideas what to do for this label and i just thought i'm gonna i'm gonna scan them in and and use them to create the label so so indirectly she's designed she's produced her her own piece of design that's for another track label so sometimes i get to be really creative and come up with good ideas other times the honest truth is um we don't have much time um, there's not a massive budget, it's a one-off beer. So I kind of scan things in, I use, I, I sort of recreate stuff that I've done in the past for other people. I, I get things off the internet. I, um, I use color and shape really quickly. I have certain go-to things that I can do to create the label. And, you know, I'll be honest, there's, you know, sometimes I just don't have the time or the budget or the um, energy to to be fully creative on every label that we do. So sometimes it's just a need for a label to go on the side of a bottle or a can. Um, and other times, as I say, we get to be really fun with it. So it just depends on the budget. It depends on the time. It depends on how I'm feeling. Um, lots of different um, things come together to create a label, really. Yeah. And I like the fact you say when we, because I feel, I feel obviously you have a vast portfolio of clients, but the fact that you've been working with them so much and there's so many different levels of it, it feels, it feels like it's, it's a, not that, I mean, we, like when you have kids, right? You don't have a favorite kid. So they say, so they, yeah. so they say, right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I can say that. Yeah. I play them against each other. It's like, Oh, you were the favorite, but you really fucked up buddy. And so now, now, now he's a bit, you know? So yeah, that's, that's sometimes it's, it's terrible parenting advice, but it makes for fun, uh, fun adventures. Because now they, yeah, now they wrestle, so it's like, come on, you know, yeah, it's a it's teach fun. them early on, yeah, who yeah, can get on. yeah, yeah exactly. But you know, I just like, I feel like there's a special relationship that you have with with them, which is really just it's really nice to hear that. Yeah, we have a we have a relationship, and um, 
and that's important and it has its ups and downs and if they listen to this or they promote it in any way or whatever i'm sure they'll say you know it's it's definitely a respect for each other and you know what sam does with the beers and what the guys at track do and i know it's not just sam now there's obviously more of them um he's got uh, stefan who works with him who's kind of uh, really good at kind of the promotional stuff, the photography, the social media, and and those guys do a great job. And and I'm just part of that team. And, and yeah, it is it is we. You know, they have their say on certain things, and 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 they're great at you know promoting the stuff that I do as well. And um, yeah, I just wish I could get a few more uh, freebies when it comes to the beer. So if they are listening, you know, I, it would be nice to get a few more beers. But um, but yeah, I think I probably need to. They do a brew tap, like a kind of a, an event at the weekends on Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, I really need to go down to the one. I need to go and um, and spend some time there sometime and, and get some free beers out of them. But, you know, having a young child and being old like I am, I kind of don't get to go out much anymore. So, you know, <laughs> maybe if I'd, I should have been working with them when I was 18, 19. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You, you probably, yeah, but you probably would have worked a really shitty contract where you got paid in beer. And then you yeah. and, and signed it away for years. And then you're. I'd have been happy with that then. In that yeah, at that probably. time, right? But now, yeah. yeah, you'd be back at that agency, and you'd be, yeah, you'd be out in the field cutting lettuce and uh, working exactly. working for your dad. <laughs> he was like, "I told you, son, you're fucking terrible with contracts." I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you don't need, yeah, excellent, yeah. So yeah, well, I, I just turned forty in November. It's gonna be okay. It's all right. No, you know? thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now I've got I've got a few months yet. I'm clinging on to my thirties. Um, I felt like I was forty about five years ago. So you know, I feel that old and tired. So you know, it's part of, just part of life, isn't it? It's part of work and life. So yeah, you it's just, just another day. Yeah, just when 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 it's that late at night and you're thinking should have that last pint and you're out with mates, that's probably you just got to ripcord at that point and just back out because you cause yeah. you don't rebound like you used to. Re- the recovery yeah. process is a little more delayed. And uh, with, uh, with with Spawn, they don't care that you're out till three in the morning. They're just they'll they'll tap on your head and jump in bed. So I, I've yeah. learned that. My wife knows that one. It's like I'm gonna go out tonight, and she's like, "Well, we have X, Y, and Z, you know Z in the morning." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be up that's, six. Yeah, that's still gonna happen. So whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever, yeah, whatever you're gonna do is, uh, which is good. It's kind of like let you know tie my own tie my own rope, so to speak. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. That is a good good way to think about it. Yeah. And for folks at home, you should check out. Uh, like, you, I, I would, I would really agree. I think Track Brewing is doing a great job with their social, you know, the, the photography and bringing, you know, using your designs to represent them. You know, it, it's a, uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good partnership. But it's Track Brewing Co on Instagram and then trackbrewing.co on uh, the World Wide Webs. So yeah, definitely check them out. And hopefully, if I do come over there. You know, I'll drag you down there and we'll go there for a pint or, or six. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm sure our wives and children will love that. But, oh, you know. yeah. Well, no, I, yeah, I just say, well, we're American. We heard all the, you know, that's all you do. You bring your family to the pub and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> play, it won't be very hard to convince you guys to play the, the role of the dumb American. It's been a little, little rough. <laughs> it's been a little rough over here lately. Well, um, yeah, well, I'm glad you got on that. No, I'm not glad you've got on that subject. <laughs> I'll leave that to you guys to yeah. talk about. Yeah, because yeah, you guys have a shit show of your own over there. I was so. going to say, things aren't going too good over here either, so, you know. So. Yeah, it's like, yeah, depending on the day, it's the tallest of the midgets. You know, we're not really doing so great, but it's it's uh, it's working out. You know, we're here. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to bring, yeah, we're coming together with world peace through beer. Here we go. Yeah, yeah sounds good. And sounds then uh, last question for you, Dave. This is not very sure. technical, but I always uh, like to, to learn um, about 
the artists and what they're, they're listening to. Kind of what type of what type of music you're listening to? What's on the what's on the playlist? Either oh God. Per, personally or creatively, you know. What do you That's got to be the most difficult question you've asked me. To be honest, I find that kind of thing so hard. Do you know? I was just listening to something on SoundCloud before, and it was um, uh, just lots of electronic beats, background oh, yeah. music. I find that kind of music really easy to listen to uh, when I'm working. But I mean, anything by the XX or Sampha, um, Bipolar Sunshine. All right. Um, God, real. A real eclectic mix. I mean, back in back in the day, one of the reasons I came to Manchester was because I absolutely loved kind of sort of indie music, specifically kind of the Smiths, Happy Mondays, the Stone Roses, uh, Oasis, kind of Manchester music scene, really. Uh, and I suppose in my heart, that's kind of still the music that I love. But I could equally listen to any type of music. I like a lot of... Um, the Boiler Room. I don't know if you guys know about the Boiler Room stuff that's on YouTube. The kind of um, the DJs in in kind of a, in, in a nightclub or in a in a venue where they're kind of playing music to a crowd, and it's kind of videos of the crowd dancing to the music. I really like that kind of house music, down tempo house music. Um, I literally can listen to anything. I love Spotify's discovery. Kind of on a Monday, you get a kind of playlist of music, and um, I just put that on, and then and then. Kind of go off on a on a kind of a journey via that really through various albums, but I think music's an interesting one. I mean, you used to go and buy records and buy albums like all the time, and you'd kind of listen to an album over and over, and you'd study the artwork of the album sleeve, and you'd really, really get to know the musician or the band or the artist. And I think it's become a lot more throwaway now. So as I say, I can have kind of Spotify on in the background in the studio or soundcloud or boiler room and i could not tell you what i've been listening to for the last kind of six seven hours it's good music in the background and i just go home um but i listen to a lot of um i listen to a lot of talk radio as well i, I really like my football or soccer uh as you guys call it it's, it's proper football yeah I, you know, yeah. Is, you know who's your team I'm a Liverpool supporter, which is the worst thing about living in Manchester because there's a big rivalry between the two cities. But I'm actually a Liverpool fan for my sins. Back in the uh, the days when I were, was very young, Liverpool were, were, were a very good team. Um, so I was a bit of a glory hunter. But um, I kind of, yeah, you can't change the team you start supporting when you're a kid. So yeah. I, uh, I, I'm a Liverpool fan. Hopefully, maybe might be a good year for us this year. Who knows? We don't know. We're top we're we're joint top of the league as 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 we chat right this minute. I think it's about twelve games to go. So um I was ten when we last won the league and I'll be forty this year. So there's some quite nice uh synergy there. But yeah, I listen to a lot of the kind of football talk shows and the podcasts and stuff on football as well in the car. So I've always got something on but it's a tough question to ask uh, what I would say I'm listening to right this minute. No, dude, um, that, that was a great answer because, I mean, it's self-serving because I, I like to learn about new music. And I do agree at some level it's throwaway because what I would pay when I was younger, you'd go and buy the album for what it costs yeah. now for your monthly subscription to Spotify. So I don't really have any, like, I, you don't have that, oh, should I buy this album or that album? It's just like, all right, it came out today, let me listen to it. Eh, okay, I liked yeah. it, I didn't like it, and then what's what's next? So, yeah, then I understand your, your Liverpool. I mean, so maybe this is hopeful for you. Uh, American football, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, and that's that's my home city. I'm from Philadelphia. Right. Okay. And I live in New England, 
area with the Patriots who were like the best, you know, they won like six in the last 10 years. And, yeah. but, the, but the Eagles won last year and I just, right before I turned 40 and they won. And that was one of the greatest moments of my life. I took my son <laughs> to the parade and yeah. people were like, well, maybe we'll win it again. I said, well, I don't know if we're ever going to win it again. I said, I probably prayed. Okay. I, I probably yeah. prayed that if we have win one, I'll never ask for anything again. So I'm, probably, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty Zen. Yeah. I'm not greedy. You know, I don't need a dynasty. I don't need, back-to-backs or anything like that. I have my one, and uh, I'll, I'll ride that to my grave. So I'm cool. Well, that's how I feel at the moment. We can, we're, we're similar. We've got Man- Manchester City, obviously a team from Manchester. Um, they're probably the best team in, in England at the moment, and they are – yeah, they're, it's going to be tight between City and Liverpool. Liverpool haven't won the league since, um, yeah, the 80s, uh, 89, 90 season. So, it's yeah, it's coming up to 30 years ago, and um, – for Liverpool to win it, we're pretty pretty special, but we'll know that in May time. So let's okay. yeah, we'll see. I don't want to say too much because if I, I don't want to jinx it in any way, shape, or form. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah save little and see what yeah, happens. That's, yeah, that's a bucket list for me to go. Yeah, I, I'm always, and especially now we speak to more folks internationally. I just need to you know pull a cord and pick a team to support. I mean, I do. We get matches. Uh, you know, uh, here, you know, we have a few channels that show, and it's increasing. But yeah, I, I just feel like I should uh, join, you know, commiserate and celebrate, you know, with you know, by having one team and just kind of going for it. So I don't know, <laughs> yeah. we, we have to figure it out. But yeah, you and, need to find one. They'll always break your heart in the end. Though, right. That's you? yeah. That's what I mean. I feel it's, my wife will say you always find another sport to follow. So yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I always played. I, I played up and through up and through high school before university. So. And I, I coach my boys, so I, I would say soccer or proper football is uh, is a, is a hugely important in, our, in my family, especially since yeah. all my my siblings. But um, all right, well, Dave, I just wanted to I wanted to thank you. You know, like I said, uh, hopefully I'll get over there soon and we can do this in person. But uh, you are you are natural. You're really easy to talk to. Uh, you. Your humility shines through, but your portfolio is does all the talking, I guess. And um, yeah, it's really it's really nice to kind of see a little bit behind the curtain and learn more, you know, more about your story and your process. So, uh, you know, wish you, wish you in, in studio DBD folks, studio DBD.com. And, uh, yeah, just wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you. Much appreciated. And thank you. It's been really, really good to chat to you. So, uh, yeah, please do come over here and, um, I'll take you out for a pint. All right, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a oh, great, have a great weekend cheers. and talk to you soon. Happy Valentine's day. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> no sweets or anything from me. But we'll, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. There's right, a big bunch of flowers here for you if you come over. Oh, right, good. So. And Track Brewing, if you want to send me a Valentine or some beers, we would love it. So I'll give you my address. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Man. All right. Cheers. Bye. And there you have it, folks. David Sedgwick, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. Let us know what you think. I think that, uh, again, we mentioned before, but I think it's just appreciation of things, appreciation of life and hard work and the the values instilled in him by his father. They really resonate. You know, nothing's given to you. You have to work really hard, and I think that's really important. You know, I think that the, the passion he has for his work and the fact that, you know, his style is really the focus on bringing his clients and their brands and their images to life 
in a way that's, you know, he's more of the, the catalyst or the muse. You know, he's really kind of puts the things in motion to, to bring it to life, and it's not focused around what he wants. He's just really kind of uh, telling their story. And I think sometimes you know, it's got to be hard, you know. I, I think that we try to do that really here. We try to tell people's story. We try to find a, you know, a human connection. And sometimes, it, you know, we fall on our face. But I think this is a good one that will resonate with a lot of people. I just really think that David's a, you know, he's a good dude. He has some great work. Again, you should check the website, Instagram, you know, follow along, see what he's doing. It's it's really it's really diverse and it's robust and I really like that. The fact that each one is his uh is standalone project. He doesn't go back to the well and try to, you know, use a trick from another client or whatnot. Or if he does, he's tricking me. So kudos to kudos to Mr. Sedgwick. And it just uh, you know, he likes what he does, you know, and to make that decision to, you know, dive in or entrepreneurs, as we call them, but really just um, we're meeting some great people who have found their calling. And hopefully you're out there and if maybe, you know, you're you're you know, you're at a crossroads, you're not sure what to do, you know, just in your heart of hearts, close your eyes and just think what would, you know, in that scenario, OK, you wake up and you go to work. What are you doing? Not what you're doing is going to pay you a lot of money or what are you doing that's, you know, going to make you famous what are you doing that's going to make you happy? Can't put a price tag on that. And I know that, you know, with my current situation, you know, doing some soul searching, you think about, okay, if this doesn't work out, which I expect it should. I mean, I'm very good at what I do. But I just think that you think about those things. You think, like, what should I do or what will I do or where will I be? And um, I don't know. I think in the long run it will be a wonderful experience to have that introspection and looking at things and, you know, realizing what you've done and what you're going to do. But, I mean, it can be scary. But so is life. You know, what What I've learned, you know, I was, you know, in my uh, bill-paying job. You know, I know I know you're saying, folks, you're saying, that I have all this money I want to give you for the podcast. So that's true. Just send it over. But I didn't start my career in sales. You know, I took a huge leap from, you know, a job I was at for almost 11 years to, to go into sales. And it was a great decision. You know, there's things that are part of your personality. You know, and part of who you are. And you know, I like people. And I like you. And, you know, I like the connections that we're making here. And so that's really, uh, it's interesting. But I'm just, I feel a sense of pride when I hear people say that, you know, that they're, they decided to, you know, go into business for themselves and they're doing it for, you know, you know, get past that first year, you know, doing it two, three, four, five, you know, 20 years. It's just, um, it's just something to be commended because, you know, you have to have that much confidence in yourself. And a lot of these people are, you know, can be introverted or, or quiet or, you know, what have you. But, you know, they knew what they wanted and they believed in it and they took that chance. And so folks like that, you know, in all walks of life should be celebrated, you know, taking a chance and making yourself vulnerable and, you know, coming out, you know, on the other end. So, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully you see the duality of what we're doing here, and I think there's a lot of great stories of, of life and, you know, hard work and struggles and decisions and, you know, how you, how you deal with that and where, where you end up. Obviously, the connection to beer is, you know, more on the surface, but there's just, uh, there's just a, a lot of great people out there who are just, you know, working their asses off, you know, and so hopefully we can shine a little bit light on them, and that's what we're trying to do with our friend uh, Mr. Sedgwick, Studio DVD designed by Dave we call this uh, I don't know I was going to try to come up with uh, let's see 
What would we do? ABA. That's like ABBA. Something, but audio by AJ. Podcast by AJ. PBA. That's the bowling. I probably get sued by the fucking bowling people. Professional Bowlers Association. Market an eight, dude. But this is kind of where I notice I'm getting a little punchy. Get a little you know, ramble on sentences. So we are going to quit while we are ahead. Episode 101 is in the books. David Sedgwick, Studio DBD, Track Brewery, Word of 16-Ounce Canvas. Until next week, we thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I just thank you for, for being here. You're listening. We're uh, an hour and ten minutes in, and you're still here. So uh, I applaud that, and I thank you. So until next week, don't be a stranger. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Tell a friend. Turn it up a little bit. Pairs well with long road trips, flights. Helps. Uh, it's a good sleep remedy. So if you you know you can't really sleep, put us on. We'll knock you out pretty quick. So we thank you, and again, see you guys next week. Cheers.